Hello, it's Brody. I love bringing mummification to you each week, and if you'd like to support me to keep doing that, you can make a once-off donation through the Acast supporter feature. There's no regular subscription, and your donation will help pay our music license, buy audio gear, and put fuel in my car so I can keep interviewing the amazing women who share their stories with us. There's a link in the show description and episode show notes. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to Mummification. I'm your host, Brody Matner. This podcast is a space for women and parents to talk about how they're feeling. And sometimes they feel like swearing. So this episode may not be suitable for young ears. Uh, may I please just check the pronunciation of your surname is Shetkuti? Yeah, you can say that. How do, how do you say that? You can that? say that or Chikuti. Chikuti? Yeah. How would you say it? Chikuti. Chikuti. Betty Chikuti. Betty Shetkuti? Now that yeah, I've said it a lot. If you say Chet Cutie, it. then it's easier for you because then you're just saying it phonetically. So it's Chet Cutie. Yeah, yeah but you say Shakuti. I just say Shakuti because it's like G'day. You like don't say Good Day. Charcuterie board? Charcuterie. Charcuterie. I mean, it's spelled differently. Yeah, you can say that if you like. <laughs> yeah, you can say that. Charcuterie. No, she's vegan. <laughs> it's actually Chakuti. <laughs> you could do that. Maybe maybe Shakuti could be the vegan version yeah. of a charcuterie board. Yeah, why not? It's with olives and um, cashew nut cheese. Yeah, we'll do that. Okay. <laughs> Um, so today I am chatting with Betty Shakuti, Chetkuti, Shetkuti, Shakuti, and you're a director at the Australian Association of Psychologists. Yes, I am. And Don't you're also research. a <laughs> psychologist with, am I correct, with over 30 years experience? Yes. I thought you were going to say the number of children. I'm like, no, not <laughs> with over 30. 30 yes. children? Yes. Um, and you've got your own practice. Yes. Here in your lovely home yes. in Melbourne. Yep. Yep. And I also do with some work in rural Victoria, and I have at times worked out of GP, GP surgeries throughout Melbourne, so, but at the moment it's at home and um, servicing rural Victoria. Um, thank you for talking with me today. It's okay. I'm excited. I'm I know. I'm really to excited it. too. Yeah. yeah. Um, I will start. I know I, I gave you a heads up. I will start with our, um, our universal first question. Okay. Which is if you were on a desert island, you were stuck yes. there, yes. and you could take one meal and one drink and one personal item, uh-huh. what would they be? Okay, all right. So I was raised as a Maltese girl um, with parents who grew vegetable, you know, vegetables for the family. So we had vegetable soup every single day 
And I really love vegetable soup and that would be my go-to. Right. I just love the taste of it. And then a drink, um, I think I said cup of tea because I love a cup of tea, um, especially first thing in the morning, reading a book in bed, that's perfect. And then um, what I would take is something kind of snuggly like a big cardi or jumper or blanket. Perfect. Excellent. Yeah. Um, so after you – was it after you had children that you started your becoming a mother? Yeah. Being a mother. Becoming workshops. a mother. Yeah, being a mother workshops. Yeah. So um, – and that was because I was working as a psychologist at the time and through the middle of the night when I was getting up and changing nappies for the umpteenth time, not realising that, you know, they had to be done around every three hours or so um, – I thought if I could have front of mind the techniques that I was using with my clients um, within my experience as a mum, it would really help me to manage those situations differently because it wasn't about changing the nappy. It was about why is it me that's doing all the work? Why isn't this repetition of raising children? Why wasn't that talked about? It's fine that you do it, but I had a very different ideal based on the media. You know, with the you know the lovely kind of images there of you know swanning around in a clean, clean, tidy house, and it's like there's a lot of work to be done, and none of that is talked about. So that's when I started researching yeah. the um, my lecture notes really from uh, you know late eighties and early nineties. So and I had to look at um, evidence and research. It wasn't about being a mother because people weren't looking at the experiences of parents. Mm. So I was looking at grief research and job satisfaction research and executive stress research and looking at all of that to compile this program. And I used the model that I was trained in, which is called rational emotive behavioural theory, or some people will know it as cognitive behavioural theory. And yeah, and I built the program and I um, tested it with a pilot group of women and I also reached out to my researchers um, here and overseas and they just said it was very much needed. And so, you know, we're, we're still um, looking at the needs of mums and, and dads and also how to help them with their experiences of being parents. It sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I have two girls yes. and uh, it... I think I mentioned it to you on the phone briefly. It wasn't until um, I had my second and a bunch of my girlfriends were having their first and all of the things that they were saying to me really hit home and and it, it struck me that I hadn't spoken to them about it. You know, I'd been really honest about it and we'd had lots of conversations but I hadn't specifically said to them, you're going to go through this massive change and I have an amazing group of women um, that I put together for, for this podcast called My Brain's Trust mm-hmm. and I, I throw questions out to them and they're, they're all mums. Um, and one of the sort of universal things that has come back from them is that a lot of them have been very successful in their careers um, they go to work and they know what they're doing and they're on top of everything and they're in the top of their field. And then they have a baby and there's no guidebook and there's no answer. They can't problem solve their way out of it. And you're you're shaking your head like, I know. Um, And then so all of their confidence is just completely shot. And they are these amazing, strong, capable women. And all of a sudden they're just all at sea. Mm. and no one's really 
discussing that before we have kids. Yeah, yeah. So that's what was happening and it's harder now for women. So 20 years ago when I um, was doing the research, the average age that someone was having a baby was around 30 Yep. Okay, and then now it's I would say it's I've seen it go up to like mid thirties, and my focus has moved away slightly from solely looking at that area. So it's possibly even later. So what happens is we get really good at doing our lives, yes. we get really competent, and in the world of work, which is why I had to look at the world of you know what happens with job satisfaction. There's a lot of rewards. There's training. There's PR. Um, you know, support and conversation, you get to sit down and have lunch. Yeah. You know, people say nice things about you. Good job. <laughs> hey, how about a pay rise? And none of that happens. In fact, what happens within the world of being a mum is the equivalent of what happens within um, job dissatisfaction. There's no training. There's no support. There's a lot of criticism. There's a lot of unwanted opinion. Oh, you should do it this way. Why are you doing cloth nappies? Why aren't you using, you know, um, you know, green nappies? Why are you bottle feeding? Why are you breastfeeding? So there's yeah. criticism everywhere. And if that happened in the workplace, the unions and OHNS policies would be all over it. But within the world of being a mum, it is part of our culture. So that's just the, the, the content in terms of the job. Right, yes. The elements or the tasks of the job. There's a whole lot of repetition. There's night shift. There's no break. Yeah, it's, it's clock off and then clock back on again. 24 hours a day. Yeah. yeah, and then the level of responsibility is equivalent to someone saying, okay, see that rocket, can you just take it up to Mars? And you're going, what, huh? I don't know how to do that. And it's the same. You've got this responsibility for this young human being forever. Mm. Okay, so that's just in terms of um, the level of job task difficulty complexity and then you have the impact on your relationships around you so that's a whole other subject (laughs) and then you have grief when I looked at the grief research it's very relevant to the world of being a mum because you go from having this life and we think I thought and I know other women think that we were going to retain our life and then this baby was going to be like a little cherry on the top of Maslow's <laughs> hierarchy of needs where we were already self-actualised and then we're just going, bingo, we're going to have this baby, nothing's going to change, I'm going to make sure that it doesn't change. Those other mums didn't quite do it the way that they should have and it's going to be wonderful. And then all of a sudden we're down at the bottom of Maslow's hierarchy of needs and we're not getting our sleep, we're not eating properly, we're going around with pyjamas and vomit and, you know, whatever it is that your newborn babies do to us. <laughs> and um, and then we're dealing with, you know, power struggles with, you know, one and three-year-olds around, you know, who's eating breakfast, who's not even eating breakfast, all the work that we put into their food it's doesn't like get eaten. You've just been in my house. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And um, so that's the... Grief research, you yeah. know, and, you know, we, we, we miss our social contacts as well, so we're isolated. Yes. Um, and for women in particular, it's really difficult to deal with the isolation. For men, of course it is, but women are designed, they communicate um, through this verbal network and our brains are designed um, for communication. That's how we problem solve. Guys, in on general, there are individual differences, but on in general – Men are better able to problem solve with space and time. Yes. So, and whereas women feel that they can problem solve just by talking it through and at the end there's a resolution. But we're not doing that because we're stuck at home within these four walls and we're not in community. So there's a lot of isolation there. I remember back in the day we didn't have, oh, no, I would have had a mobile phone, but it wasn't really used for social. It was, it, the landline was. Yeah. 
people don't know what that is. There's this thing <laughs> attached to a cord, attached to your wall. So, um, and I remember going, why is my ear so sore? And it was because of the amount of time I was on the phone because I didn't realise how much I was needing and craving that social contact. And my highlight of the week was mum's group. Yes. Once a week on a Thursday afternoon because otherwise I was at home with this baby. Yes. And I would say, you can contact me any time in the 24-hour period because that baby's up, yeah. you know. <laughs> so he was more of a up-all-the-time type of baby and, and more difficult to settle. So um, and then when I had my third child, it was different yet again. So I think I used to say with my first baby, it was like being on a different planet. All the rules are different. Yep. Everything's different. You need to learn everything all over again. When you've got two children, for me it was like playing tennis with myself. I was constantly running from one end of the court to try to hit the ball. And then with my third, I felt like I was juggling, but now I just had to let some of the balls drop. I just Mm -hmm. could not keep them all up in the air. So that's the way I kind of talk about that experience (laughs) of being a mum, just in a pictorial form. It's it's perfect. The, the, The idea of having three for me, makes me feel physically unwell. Yeah. I I think I would just absolutely mentally not be able to cope. But then a lot of people say that the transition from one to two is harder than two to three, although I'm sure it's different for everyone. Yeah. Um, but, but going back to what you were just just saying, the, you know, there is so much opinion and, and judgment, but from other mums too, which I find really weird because – shouldn't we all be supporting each other? But it's the – I find you feel – well, for me, I feel guilty no matter what I do mm-hmm. and there's always someone to judge you no matter what you do. So if you go back to work, there's something wrong with that. If you stay at home, there's something wrong with that. If you go and have time to yourself, if you don't, there are all of these points of guilt, I suppose, but it feels like women feel – guilty more than men like I know I say to my husband if I'm going out to do something on my own um I feel really bad about it and he's like can you just go yeah and and I say to him no but it's not that I don't think you're capable it's that I feel like I shouldn't be going yeah so there's a few things going on there (laughs) so number one when I ran the workshops with dads I did not realize the degree to which the dads really 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 miss their wife yes they love that she's an awesome mum but they really really miss their wife and you can see it from a biological perspective in terms of survival of the species they've got the kids yeah so yeah of course they love their children that's not the question but they are biologically designed to hone in on us in the same way that we are biologically designed to hone in on the kids because we are responsible for surviving them Mm. right we've already got our kids we don't need him anymore in that sense of yep. course, we do like in our civilized ways, um, society. But so that's where they will say we really, really miss her in the same way that we would feel that pain if our children were taken away from us. Mm. They feel a lot of distress. That was just uh, triggered by something that you'd said there in terms of you know that the you know how they just want us to be happy. So when we go out, that's because they just want us to be happy. They're desperate to see us be happy. They see that we're overworked. They don't often know what to do because often what they do is kind of like not quite right. No, don't change your nappy that way. And, you know, I'm not sure because we take on all the responsibility yes. and because we're so invested because that's how we've done our life before. We've been competent. We've been good at it. We heavily research it. 
And then it's like, oh, I need to share it with you. No, it's just so much easier. I'll just do it. And if you do it this way, it'll be fine. But what we really, really, really need to do is – I'm noticing I'm saying really, really a lot. However, um, what we really need to do, is particularly with a woman to a man, is we really need to give them some space – Space is really important, but we need to give them some space and opportunity for them to be included. Yeah. Even when it's at odds with us or does our head in, mm-hmm. which often it will, which is why I'm using those terms, we need to do that. And that's a function of our own self and our own past. So we just need to trust that they are coming from a good intention and that they simply want to be there to A, support us and be the dad that they want to be. Mm. You know, and how can we do this collectively and collaboratively and not according to say my version of the world yeah as the mom it must be something different and it can't be anything that's compared to any other family because when we have a child everything changes and we bring our um, background we bring our family of origin we bring how we were raised into it Mm. and then he brings his way he was raised into it and that together comes up with a unique combination and then we have the baby who's got their own unique personality in terms of when they're born. So we need to really craft this family that we want to create together. I mean, there's a lot. Yeah. yeah. You also <laughs> talked about um, why is it that we seemingly kind of judge and have opinions as mothers ourselves? It's yes. because in our society, I believe that what's happening is we are just doing this all the time from when we were little to when we, and you'll see how we are with our own children. We're constantly kind of trying to take care and give advice and oh like I'm not sure I just really want the best for her and so it comes from that point of view Mm. it's not really coming from a I want to put you down point of view it's coming from the perspective of I really want to be heard because I care for you and I really want to give you some really really good advice because I really really think it's good yeah but that often comes the delivery is often a function of how that person was raised Right, so if that person was raised by parents that, for example, gave them a lot of time and space, like, you know, what, what are you kind of interested in, Dal? Oh, I'm not sure. They're more likely to be soft and gentle like that. Yep. Whereas if they were raised, you know, with more authoritarian parents, like this is what you have to do, it's going to be really good for you, you need to do it, they're more likely to do that. Even when they don't like it, emotionally we get stuck in mm. that kind of model. So um, and why this gets triggered within the world of parenting, even though you can be little bit different at work is because it um it pulls on our heartstrings and our emotions mm. whereas in the world of work we can be a lot more boundaried off from that and just focus on our task and you know we've got all the ticks of the workplace you yes. know job peers a break we can have lunch all of those things right but we don't have any of that within the world of being a mum. So we're unbalanced and we're desperately kind of like almost emotionally impoverished and sleep deprived. And so it's harder to cope with a whole lot of things. Because mm. a, a lot of the, the discussion um, that I've had with, with other mum friends, yeah. um, a lot of first-time mums say things like, and I know I, I felt the same thing, when do I get to go back? Yeah. And it took me quite a while um, and, again, it might be different for other people but for me it kind of clicked that you don't you don't go back, um, you just have a new – you settle into a new normal. Mm. Um, and it was sort of – I the only other time I've had that feeling is after my mum died. Mm. I remember thinking, but when do I go back – when does it go back to feeling normal? Mm. And then it took quite a while to go, oh, it doesn't. 
because it's different now. Yeah. And it's so there's that kind of birth death yep. thing. Yeah. Um, but it's the same. You have this baby and your whole life changes. And like you said before, you think, oh, well, oh, great, I'll still go to brunch and I'll take my baby with me. Um, and then your baby goes, oh, no, thanks. I don't yeah. want to sit there for an hour yeah. and a half while you have a coffee. Yeah. Um, how can we sort of help new mums perhaps drop that expectation that you go back to feeling a certain way or yeah. not drop the I, expectation. I kind of say it differently. We need to notice it and what we need to notice is how it feels for us, yes. how within our body we are um, uh, reacting or experiencing whatever it is, you know, the loss of the new normal, yes. the why isn't he getting up in the middle of the night, the why is my baby crying, the why doesn't she just be quiet and stop telling me what to do about <laughs> someone else, right? Yeah. And what we need to do, we need to get really good at practising turning towards ourself and sensing what is it, how am I reacting? Mm-hmm. And if and when we go up into our mind or brain and start saying, oh, well, if I wouldn't be feeling this way if they didn't do that, that's game over. You've lost your opportunity to have any control over the situation because you're basing it on the other person changing. Yes. Right? If only they didn't, then I'd feel better. Good luck. It won't work, right? <laughs> I kind of prefer, and it's more psychologically healthy, to look at what is it that I can do to notice my strong reactions and how can I take care of them. Mm-hmm. So it's about being present to them and um, giving yourself whatever it is that you need. And generally I've reduced it down to three things. It's just some time, some space and doing things that you enjoy doing. And then also generally just within our community um, and our world of being a mum is to be nice, not in a submissive way, just be nice, be kind, be praising towards someone, see the positive side. So for the person that's saying, you know, why don't you do this with your baby? It's like, okay, right. I can feel that strong emotion in there. Breathe, just take it, just take a step back and rehear the person, right? So it might be they're going, why don't you do this with your baby? And you're going, right, I'm going to trust that they're coming at this from a good point of view. And if they're not, let's just go, you know, extreme, which is not really the case, that they're just trying to do my head in. I am still going to be in charge of how I respond, Mm. right? And so then it'll be something like you can just say, look, I really like, you know, thank you for, like I really appreciate you taking the time to even want to say something like that because it's just really good just to have someone talk with me. Like, with, yeah. I mean, I can't give one simple answer for every single example, <laughs> but it's meant to be a model of just slow things down and watch your reactions yep. um, so that you don't get tangled up in a very familiar pattern of feeling aggravated, mm. right, and stuck versus going, I'm aggravated but I know how to handle it, I know how to take care of myself so I can positively connect in with myself and also have a positive connection with the other person Yes, who's trying to um, interact with me. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Do you think uh, that kind of practice is yeah. something that um, can help mums support other mums? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because what we want to do is link in and identify that we are far more similar than different, Mm. that the differences show up in more or less what I call our coping mechanisms. So how clean our house is or how perfect we look or what clothes we dress or, you know, wear or whatever it is, you know, they're our coping mechanisms and it's absolutely fine to do any of the things that we choose to do in our life. But we're far more similar than different because we each need sleep. We each need to get up and feed our children, feed ourselves, get dressed, do the washing, go shopping, all those things, right? Mm. And it is hard work because there's no break. Yeah. And it's all back to back. Well, and it's um, something else that's that's come up with um, girlfriends when we talk about it is, you know, pre-kids, especially like you said earlier, if you have kids um, in your mid to late 30s, like mm. – um, I did and, and a lot of my close girlfriends have just done. How old were you when you had your uh, first? I was 30 – how old am I now? I was 36. Yeah. Um, with my first and 38 with uh-huh. my second. Yeah. Um, and so up until that point you've placed your identity within your career and your relationships and then when you have a baby all of those things are suddenly not taken away but there's a massive – pause yeah um and so then who are you because you someone completely different literally overnight yeah you have your baby and you're not going to work anymore and you you're trying to deal with this small tiny person that you have no idea what to do with yeah um you're not getting dressed in nice clothes no you don't have lunch dates to look forward to even today i got dressed i was like (laughs) oh this is i'm wearing tights i put them on and my three-year-old went what are they mate (laughs) They're tights. What are tights for? I said, well, they're sort of like pants and I had to try and explain it. Um, But so all of a sudden all of your kind of um, markers or points of identification that you can see yourself in are taken away. Yeah, and they're things that you enjoyed as well. Yes, that's a – there's a big one. Yes, things that you could just do. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so sometimes what I do is, is I'd say, how would it be if in the world of work, right, corporations, we behaved the way we did at home? Imagine if we were there and our colleague puked on us <laughs> or our colleague was biting with us over lunch. Mm. You know, no, I don't want that food. No, that food. It would kind of be really chaotic and we'd be thinking, what is going on if we didn't get paid? If yes. we were like, no, you've got to work till, you know, three in the morning and then go to sleep and then get up again but make sure you put me to sleep and take two hours to put me to sleep. Yeah. Right? And imagine if the world of being a mum was all about, you're amazing. That was a great job. You fed your child. Such yeah. good food. You yeah. went out and shopped and you bothered and you cared. Are you serious? You're amazing. You're so thoughtful. No one's paying you to do this. 
Yeah, that's so good. And now you're organising playgroups. You're so thoughtful. You're taking care of all their needs. Look yeah. at that and no complaints. You don't like it but you're just doing it and you're sitting there smiling at them and then you're going to give them a kiss. Oh, my God, <laughs> who are you, you know? And and you're kind of doing this kind of from your heart and working it out on the run. Like you're not sitting down and having someone really sit down and, and share, you know, generations of wisdom with you ongoingly mm. throughout your day. There's not that ongoing support. How are you even doing this on your own? Like this is amazing. And by the way, when did you get um, a break? Do you know what that thing is? You know, <laughs> so if that was the in the world of mums, it would be so much different. We would feel so much more supported, acknowledged, validated. It would be like, oh, I like this. Yes. If nothing else, we'd have somebody there with us rather than a little baby who by themselves is gorgeous but there's no other adult to have that adult interaction with. Yeah. So then that poor dad comes home and, um, and then they're kind of like, it's like if they're a second late or well, they're in trouble, right, yes. <laughs> potentially, depending on the couple. Um, and then there's this download because we're needing adult interaction in the way that we had it Yes, you know, in our world of work. Well, and where's – I mean, there's no time for anything, but, you know, pre-kids you had all the time in the world for your relationship yep. um, and to really kind of hone in on each other and, and listen to how each other's day was and, you know, actually take time to do that. Yes. And then – you have kids and it's like you have these snippets of conversations with your partner that might last anywhere from three to 30 seconds um, about something that's not baby related. Um, And then, you know, all all of the other baby things, you're tired and there's shit everywhere and your house is messy, but you also have to try and maintain at least, you know, on some level, your relationship with your partner, if you have a partner, yeah. Um, on top of all of that, and mm. then also it's a bit. Oh God, do I have to do that? But what yes. about? But how am I meant to maintain that relationship as well as my relationship with myself, mm. as well as keeping everyone alive? Mm. Yeah, I it's, don't know how that works. It's it is. It can feel extraordinarily difficult. So I always talk about small steps and making things seamless, okay? Mm -hmm. So that it may not be, for example, going out. It may not be um, even having date night at home because that just might feel like I'm just too tired, like stop, I don't want to do this. It might be that what you do is when you eat your dinner, you touch one another's feet under the table. Do you know what I mean? So it's got my to husband be and I seamless. take the bins out together, yeah, and we call it date night. <laughs> and sometimes we take a glass of wine or a glass of port out with us to put the bins out, yeah. and we stand on the street for maybe a minute, yeah, and we have a sip of our drink. And we put the bins out, and we go, "Oh, this was a nice date night," and we have a cuddle, and then we go back inside. Yeah. So you two are really cute and funny. You've got a good <laughs> sense of humour, though, yeah. Yes, we yeah we try and we try and laugh. Or yeah. We'd, No, well, that's restorative, okay? So anything you want to have within your relationship, a ratio of one to five kind of unpleasant to to positive and and helpful, pleasant interactions. Okay. So, and often, unfortunately, it's the other way around. So it sounds just with that. I was going to say, so you meant to have one unpleasant and five positive. Yeah, that's right. I know, I know. Okay, (laughs) let's just start with one to three. But because otherwise it's wearing, because we're basically looking on the one hand, all the demands in our life. Yeah. Right, and on the other hand, all the resources. And as parents, we are heavily under-resourced. We've got way too many demands, 
right? So a resource like taking a port, port out and doing bins together and having a cuddle kind of, even though it's only three tiny little things, it can help you to feel like, oh, I can do my world now. That Bring was nice on. that you counted it as three. I was like, is that one thing? Yeah, no. Well, it is because you're doing it by yourself. Oh, sorry, yeah. versus you're doing it together versus by yourself. Then you've gone to the effort of getting the port together. Now, the effort of doing the port isn't just that you're sitting there having port, but you both must have discussed it at some point yes. or someone's done it for the both of you. So there's a whole lot of thoughtfulness in that gesture, in that gesture mm. yeah? And then that you stop and give one another a cuddle when you don't have to is like, that's really nice as well. There's a real intention there and that's yeah. what gets picked up. So there's a whole lot more than just those three little actions. There's all this kind of sub, you know, foundation yeah. within that. And it sounds like you two do have a very healthy, vibrant sense of humour that you can take within your day. So it could be even as you kind of traipsing along and kicking a nappy out the way that you do it with a certain way and a certain wink that it's like, okay, there's our connection. A yeah. connection can be a half a second long, but it gets carried with us like a piece of thread through our day, right? Does that? Could, yeah, I was just, I was just thinking. Does that also translate to your relationship with yourself? Yeah. Do you yeah. think? Well, give me an example. So, if um, you know, if you're a new mum and you're feeling all at sea and you're at home on your own all mm-hmm. day, mm-hmm. um, if you can find snippets of of something to make you feel like yourself yes even if it's something that you kind of say to yourself in your head that makes you laugh Mm -hmm. or I mean it's not certainly not replacing um connection with another adult but to get you through the day yeah you're working with what you've got Yes. So you want to call it like it's a it's a different set of circumstances and there's nothing wrong with you but there's plenty wrong with the environment and the situation that we're in. Mm. So what we want to do is work with what we've got and, cry, and so we can have like a set of reactions which is I hate this, this is not fair or, you know, this is how it is, I'm going to work with it. Yeah. Right? That's big to shift your mental. It is. But it's required because the only thing that we can change is our own view of the situation, Yeah. right? And that sounds super easy, like it's a soft psychology kind of little throwaway line, but that's truly the only <laughs> thing. sounds really hard. <laughs> yeah, it's the only thing that we can shift, yeah. right? And I can go from going, you know, that person is amazing to, oh, my God, they're so annoying. And all that's changed is my view, so regardless of what they've done, they might have done the same thing, but my stress level can um, hone me into what they're not doing that I'm wanting, that I'm not even knowing I'm wanting because I'm so stressed. I'm just kind of in that state of mind yeah. versus going, oh, I'm all, you know, like resourced up, you know, I've had this great, you know, chat today and, you know, I had a few wins today and then I see that person and I'm not even noticing that they're sitting there doing a whole lot of stuff that I don't normally like yeah. because I'm just on such a high that every, you know, everything feels so much better. Yeah. So that's why it's really important that we do things that work for us. I'm a big fan of this expression. What works for me? Not in a dictatorial, authoritarian way like this works for me so therefore you suck and that's it. Mm. You don't get any kind of like buy-in to to this conversation. It's like so what would work for me is, okay, I'm sleep deprived. I've got, you know, I'm at home with these two kids, three kids, one child. Um. I'm not seeing another human again for one day, two days, three hours, whatever it is. What is it that I need to do so it works for me? 
And we're starting with a blank canvas because often we're going, I don't know. I don't know. I've just been so frustrated for so long. So it's like, let's just get creative. And our mind might go, but what does everyone else do? And you just go, let that be. You can get ideas if you've got capacity, but don't try to make your life someone else's because they've got their own past. Well, the, and the, the comparison is awful. Yeah, it won't help you. No. It'll only help you if you go, oh, I really like what Brody's doing there. I'm going to do that. Yep. Because it's coming from what you like. It's not going, oh, Brody's doing it that way, so I better do it that way. And then within you, you're full attention because it's not really your way. Mm. So my way could be get up, make sure my bed's made because I like it when it's like that, open the window, get the kettle on, make a cuppa, crawl around on the ground and be like a pussycat with my kids and go meow, 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 you know, when they were babies. Not now, they're in their 20s. Um, (laughs) And um, and and I'm good. And you know, when there's vomit and there's you know crying and there's you know not wanting to eat and there's you know throwing something, it's like okay, let's slow everything down. When children are acting in those ways, it's often because they're sick, tired, busy, mm. hungry. Okay, so what we want to do is attend to the underlying need and what we really, really want to do is make sure that the symptom is just seen as a symptom. It's not a judgment about their behaviour or their character. Mm. Okay, because when when people feel looked after, they act more or less appropriately because they're okay, right? And when they're not... They, they arc up and they try to show it because we're missing the cues. And so then they start to get irritated. Uh, uh, uh. And then after a while doing that, it's, uh. yep. and then after a while doing that, like many, many times of, say, the child not having their need met, they're just going to fall into a sense of going, there's something wrong with me then. Mum and dad aren't like looking at me and taking notice of me. And then after a while they'll just give up. And I'm talking about like in later years that they'll just give up and go, what's the point of trying, mm. right? So, um, but in the early years, which is where children mostly kind of um, operate, they're, they're just trying to get their needs met, right? Mm. And um, often they're just very simple, you know, and we can apply that formula to ourselves as well. Like we are, we live in the world of being sick, tired, busy, or mostly tired and busy. Mm. And then PMT is another one because that's a strong impact on how we cope. It's an excuse for murder, right? Yeah. <laughs> Well, um, we just had the blood moon Defense. last night, so Defense let's kind of like, the yeah, let's excuse for not the Let's kind for. of just uh, like let's not go there. But we we just want to acknowledge the huge amount of um, demands that are placed upon us, mm. and we're talking during the just announced lockdown in Victoria in May. What is it? Twenty seventh, two thousand twenty one, and. We've had a series of them and they are hugely agitating, Mm. right? They're very distressing and very agitating, even though they can, for some people, bring a sense of relief depending on what it is that you generally do in your life and the number of connections that you have in your life. It can bring a sense of relief like, oh, thank God I don't need to go out or I can have some quiet time. But for other people it's like we're on, we're off, we're on, we're off. Which way are we going? Are we Mm. Arthur or are we Martha? Like what is going on? It's very agitating. Mm. So we really need to learn to go slowly, um, just be kind and take very small steps towards whatever it is that works for you. And I really highly activate trying, trying to get some more sleep. And if you can't get sleep, have some downtime or slow Mm. time, even if it's just lying on the floor with your kids or sitting on the couch with your kids and just closing your eyes for 10 seconds or just laying there and moving more gently. I think... 
something that's that's come up a couple of times is and and what I've found helpful is that you know pre kids you've had a lot of time to do things you've had a lot of time to yourself with your partner to do work to whatever and then you have kids and all of a sudden there's no time so in order to maintain your own sense of sanity and identity your relationship with your partner or your friends or your family or whoever it is um, or having time just to yourself Mm. you have to shift your mentality I think this is what I really struggled with with my first was it instead of having lots of time you have to do it in tiny tiny like you said Mm. 10 seconds yeah you know and those things have to add up to be enough yes yeah. For now. Yeah, for now. And you can also do things like getting support and that's not always viable for some families. So it can be, you know, either you have a structured, you know, person that comes to help out with the children or you can have, you know, family members. Um, you can even have support in terms of a certain part of your house is always going to be tidy and it could just be the bench you know, yeah. it is just always going to look the way that I used to have it. Yeah. Or I am always going to wear my favourite pink T-shirt underneath yeah. my whatever it is, you know, yeah. top. So um, so just having some small parts that we feel we've got a sense of control over that help us to feel better or more okay. Um, yeah, do you have anything like that that you... Um, I think... Yeah. I don't know, but I I do have a a girlfriend um, and I, we gave birth on the same day Mm. in the middle of giant lockdown in Melbourne Mm. last year. And even though the the next couple of months we were in lockdown, she would get up every day and she would put her runners on and she would put mascara on. Mm. And, of course, she wasn't seeing anyone and she wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. But it it was what she did to make herself feel okay. Yeah. Um. And I think those little things are really important and probably bigger than we yes. think. Yeah, they are important because what happens is the second that we identify that um, there's something we want to do, what we've done, what we've done is we've acknowledged us, yeah. right? Just the mere act of identifying it, and it can be very simple, like putting your hair up in a ponytail. It has to be something very small and seamless. It must be part of ordinary life, mm. and it could be that you go right today instead of doing my walk. I'm going to walk 10,000 steps during my day because I'm sure that I do more than that. Yeah. You know, and so you kind of reconstruct it. It can be putting music on, right, so that you're jiggling around to your type of music as well as to the children's um, music if you want to do that. But you can just tell them that your music is their music. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It can be really setting aside a period of time in the day and this will be far better when you look at it in retrospect as a mum and go, I'm so glad I sat down and did colouring in with them Mm. versus going, I don't have time, there's stuff to be done. It's like just turn the stove off, put the phone away, sit down, 15 minutes. In my experience of my children's childhood, mm. I'm going to do this. Let's start with once a week. Yeah. Right? And it can feel completely impossible. But once we do it, it's really motivating. And, it's, and, you know, you may not work out as we wanted. There might be fights over who's going to use the yellow pencil first. Yep. Right? <laughs> but then if that's happening, it's because the child's either um, sick, tired, um, hungry, yep. thirsty. 
right, or dirty nappy, whatever it is, you know. We just want to, what's it called, attend to the basic underlying needs and our own as well. Otherwise we're going to be more impatient and go, oh, why did I bother trying this? Yeah. You know, because we all start off, I think, with today's going to be a better day. You know, it's going to be a good day. And then the first, you know, screams of the morning, it's like, oh, my God, it's already started. Yeah. So we just want to go, it's okay. I'm going to find a way to do this. And we slowly kind of step out of our old pattern one little tiny step at a time. And it might be that we just take one step and we stay taking that one step for a couple of days or weeks. But then after that we might take ten. And it's like, oh, this is good. We've actually moved into a new pattern. Mm. Um, And then often what happens is with children – well, not often what does happen. What does happen is that we work something out and then, of course, they change. Yes. <laughs> and they grow up. <laughs> so we do it all over again. That feels like a really um, a really lovely spot to ask mm-hmm. you my last question, okay. which is um, what was – a, what was something that someone said to you or what oh, would yeah. you say to mm-hmm. someone um, that's really empowering? Yeah, yeah. Well, I do remember my answer to you, which was this maternal child health nurse. And at that point it was, I think he was, I can't remember what I wrote to you, but I think from memory he was about four-ish months or eight months and he was largely like, you know, breastfed. And she just said this thing I didn't expect, which was, look at that. He's alive just because of you. And I thought, wow, you just noticed me that I'm here taking complete care of him. And it was just quite remarkable. And, it, yeah, so that that was quite um, – I just remember that. It just had a really positive, powerful impact of somebody who didn't know me, who I probably never saw again, who just said, you're doing a great job. Yeah. Basically that's what she was saying. That's what I, I took from that. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of my – advice I guess um for people just really what I've said before is be kind be positive take any small step to be supportive like you can never underestimate the power of picking say a couple of flowers from your garden on the way out to visit someone and just say here I thought of you and mm. just give it, putting it in a glass or a vase when you get to their house because they might not have time to do it. Yep. And just doing any tiny small action towards someone just to let them know that you're thinking of them mm. and that you're there for them because that's the essential human condition. And so you want to replicate that with your partner, with yourself, with your children and with people who are important to you. Gee, that's nice. Did just for, like that? for mums to be, <laughs> to be seen just yes. in that, that yeah. small way is yeah. really lovely. Yeah, it's so important, yeah. So I'm really, really happy over the 20 years to see more mums who have gotten through later stages of their career and so therefore they're able to have a bigger impact and um, they've got the confidence to, you know, even enter into this world of work and they've also got a greater sense of frustration around, huh, what's this? No way, I'm not going to put up with those daggy maternity clothes and they've gone off designing things that are amazing. So, um, and you know, not just maternity clothes, the entire world of being a mum and having little children and older children. So I'm really loving seeing what um, mums are doing and like even this podcast, mm. you know, so this technology wasn't around 24 years ago. Um, so it's fantastic that we're able to reach and reach into mums and connect in with them through a whole lot of ways. That was great. Thank you very much. My pleasure. A big thank you to Betty Shutcutie for chatting with me today. There are links in the show notes to Betty's website and another link for more information on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. 
which Betty talks about, and I had to Google. Mummification is produced and hosted by me, Brody Matner. Our beautiful music is composed by Ben Talbot Dunn. If you're enjoying the show, please rate, review and subscribe. You'll be notified when a new episode is released and it helps us reach new audiences, which in turn will hopefully help more women feel less alone. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.